What's going on, my ones? This is Reese One from Mind of a Legally Blind Eccentric, and I want to tell you guys about a awesomely wonderful restaurant that I've grown very fond of. It's in the Tri-County area of South Carolina. The name of this restaurant? Italian Garden. Now, they have a mean variety of dishes that definitely get served. I'm talking about traditional Italian pastas, spaghetti, fettuccine, alfredo, ravioli. They have a variety of pizzas. Y'all, they have a stuffed pizza. Not just stuffed crust, but I'm talking about actually stuffed. And then you put those ingredients on top. Mmm, delicioso. They have calzones, strombolis, burgers, Philly cheesesteaks, sub sandwiches. They have chicken. They have a mean plethora of salads. One that I recommend, Greek salad. When you get some chicken strips and add in that bad boy, mm, keep you good in the list. They have appetizers, fried pickles, cheddar poppers. They have different sides, of course, fries and some other things you definitely can get into. Yeah, they have some awesome, and I mean very awesome desserts with cheesecake and you can be able to get any and all that either in takeout or dine-in. They hours of operation usually between 11 and 9.30. Now that's a nice, nice wide range of time to be able to get you some of those <clears throat> delicious meals. Now you can be able to get to Italian Garden at the address of 1781 J.A. Cochrane Bypass Suite A in Chester, South Carolina. Also, it's not just great food. It is a great experience. And it is also so very magnifique. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the mind of a legally blind eccentric. With your host. One. Welcome on once to another exploration of mine of a legally blind eccentric. I am that cat and your host, Reese One. And today, yes, today, my topics are on some pretty serious. One, one of my topics is epilepsy. Another is on PTSD. And the third is a conversation that's pretty controversial. So, if you don't know what's up, let's get it! What's going on, my ones? So, I'm going to go ahead and wiggle my way into this first topic. And that is on epilepsy. So, epilepsy. 
A neurological disorder marked by sudden recurrent episodes of sensory disturbance, loss of consciousness, or convulsions, associated with abnormal electrical activity in the brain. In layman's terms, seizures that pretty much wear down, tear down, and just puts a major toll on the individual who's dealing with it. Now, the reason I'm discussing this is because there are so many things that happen to an individual that deals with epilepsy. And on top of that, the effects don't only wear and tear on that individual, but it does on his family as well. Now, I know this from experience because my little man deals with epilepsy. It's not the best of situations, but hey, you have to be able to deal with what you can. And it's never easy to witness what happens directly in front of you, especially when you don't have any answers to be able to help the one who's dealing with the seizures and everything else. Not knowing what can be a trigger, not knowing how to pretty much deal with it. It's a disorder that they will be dealing with potentially for the rest of their life. There are cases where some individuals grew out of them, but in most, they actually live with it throughout the rest of their life. It limits so much for an individual because you never know Again, what a trigger may be. To see it happen. To witness the things that occur. Takes a major toll. It hurts the heart. To see your loved one basically deal with having convulsions or Pretty much going unconscious. And. You doing everything. Possible. To make sure. That they. Come back. Come to. Become coherent. Become. Pretty much. Back who they were. Yes, there are multiple forms and treatments to how they can deal with epilepsy, but there is no cure for it. But they do have surgeries to help better figure things out. But yet what they have to do first is actually figure out what the triggers are. They got to know how to truly treat it. They got medication for it. 
And as a parent, the only thing that can really be done is you do your part to make sure your little one or whomever is dealing with it are actually receiving their medication. The first time I actually witnessed someone dealing with a seizure was a friend of mine in high school. I'm going to call him J.K. May. He was a cool cat. There were days he was very serious. And there were days that you just didn't see him. The very first time I actually witnessed him go through a full-fledged seizure. We were in the classroom. He was sitting at his desk. And he was doing something as simple as tapping on his desk. As soon as the change was noticed, I morally reacted to make sure that he was going to be okay. Helping him get to the floor, turning him to his side, making sure he's not swallowing his tongue, making sure he didn't his eyes didn't roll behind his head, timing how long it actually was occurring. Knowing that if it goes past a period of time that it was becoming very detrimental to his health. making sure that the teacher didn't panic. Now, that was when I was a student. It's, it hits so much harder now because I'm a parent to a child that has epilepsy. And the thing is, I can only do something when I'm around and he has a seizure. Every day, I have to hope, I have to believe that he's going to be okay. Don't get me wrong, there's enough going on in this crazy world that will give a parent worries anyway. But in his first year of kindergarten, he had a seizure not too far away from the end of the year. And that was a hard thing to deal with because receiving that phone call and making sure we go get him, it was a wild and different experience. To have the thought that pretty much whatever he does or wherever he go, that they have somebody who's properly trained to be able to handle what he's going through. It is something so in his own right devastating and heart wrenching because you want your child to be a child. And 
But the fact that you don't know what may be a trigger, what may actually have one come on. You feel like you have to almost be past a helicopter parent. Now, granted, doing everything of my willpower not to be one of those. When he's playing or certain noises he make, I have to check on him because as a child, we all made many different sounds. And nobody really thought about it. You know, they say it could be genetics that bring, you know, it's tied to epilepsy. And again, all we can do is wait to find out. I don't doubt it. Chances are it's from me. But again, I don't doubt it. It's something that as a parent, you just have to believe every day that he's going to make it, that your child will make it, that you will basically not have to rush to a hospital or anything else. We allow him to be a child. We allow him to be a fun-loving little cat that enjoys itself. It's something that weighs so heavy on an individual. Just saying. It is. And I'll get into the next topic right after this. Alright, my one. So, I'm going to go ahead and get into that second topic just like this. Let's do it. Let's go ahead and get straight and do it. And that is PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, post-traumatic stress disorder is a condition of persistent mental and emotional stress occurring as a result of injury or severe psychological shock, typically involving disturbance of sleep and constant vivid recall of the experience with dulled responses to others and to the outside world. Now, a lot of people associate PTSD to what the military, what somebody in law enforcement, or in scenarios like that. But PTSD is something that occurs because of a traumatic situation. Something that is so traumatic that it affects an individual to where they are not able to not only not get over it, but it affects them in so many other ways that they're not who they used to be. There are individuals who dealt with it from situations from their childhood. There are those who dealt with it from domestic situations. There are those who dealt with it from wrecks. And the thing is, I am one of those individuals who dealt with it from a wreck. About 13 years ago, almost, I went through a wreck that honestly changed how I feel about riding in vehicles with people. 
in that wreck, I went down a 50-foot embankment. The car turned upside down. The car rotated. It twisted and even had a tree get stuck in the wheel well. Stopped about 20 feet away from a waterway. This is a wreck that occurred three time, uh, two times before and one time after. And unfortunately, every other wreck that happened down that way, pretty much multiple fatalities. It was something that really affected me in a way that I honestly, to this day, I'm still dealing with the after effect of what happened. When at any time hitting the little white line or a double yellow line or any line on a road, it triggers me. Especially when it comes to the side of the roads, it definitely triggers me. The situation happened like this. We were on the way. Myself. And my loving, wonderful editor's family. We were on the way to go pick her up from her job. The individual who was driving didn't eat anything that day even though she's diabetic I did not know that because if I would have known I would have informed please eat something that individual felt dizzy I asked if we can pull over so they can get their bearings get something in their system real quick And then we can get back on the road. The vehicle was already at a hefty speed. I wanted them to slow it down before we got to pull over because of situations that happened because it rained earlier that day. We began to slow down. We get onto a turnaround spot but because of not getting to slow down quick enough we slid into the grass the grass snapped and got under the tires and flung us across the road to the other side when it did that the words of hold on guys I'm sorry came out of that individual's mouth and we proceeded to go down the 50-foot embankment. The car rotated. The car twist. The car ended up getting that tree stuck in the wheel well. I blacked out. In the process of blacking out, 
once I came to the first time, the car was still on. In the process of the car still being on, I naturally panicked a little. I reached over to try to grab the key. The individual who was driving came to for just that brief moment, took the key out of the ignition and passed back out. From there, I went back out for a moment. 45 seconds later, I came to. I looked around to survey my surroundings. Never even noticed that my window was bust out, broken out. Never even noticed it. I looked around, noticed that we were definitely upside down. And put my hands down, put one hand down to brace myself and use the other hand to unbuckle myself. In the process of doing so, I went to put my knee down and felt a unmeasurable pain that just shot throughout my kneecap. Didn't know if it was shattered, broke, or anything else. Just wanted to get everyone out the car. Because didn't know where we were or anything else. I knew my door. I went to check my door. It was not budging. There was no way I could get past the individual who was in the driver's seat because they were of a larger variety. So I slid to the back. Tried the seat behind me. The door would only it wouldn't actually open because it was jammed. And apparently we were more leaned up on my side of the vehicle, still upside down, than any of the other vehicles. So oh not other vehicles, but more on my side. So I look over to the other side where the third individual who was in the vehicle, who was a little one, was outcoded himself, but I can get past him. So I crawled over towards that door. I opened it. When it opened, the first thought was, got to get us out of here. I stuck an arm up to grab, to unbuckle him, catch him. And take him out as I was getting out. As I got up. Which it hurt to stand up. But I needed to figure out where we were. I looked around. All I could see was woods. I saw a waterway. I saw woods. I saw trees. I looked and then just saw this big tree. Right there, stuck to the car. I hear a voice yell, are you all right down there? Uh, My natural reaction was, (laughs) I believe, I don't know. They called 911 emergency. For those who are in some other countries, it could be 119 or any other variation that would get you emergency help. 
once they came to help get the driver out of the vehicle. They helped unbuckle and that individual landed on their head when they unbuckled. That looked painful. As I was going, you know, in the process of getting ready to go up the hill after I made sure they got that individual out. The little one, one came to, yelled, because the brand of the car, uh, the brand of a car was a Nissan Sentra. So the little one yelled, my Nissan, my Nissan. Now, not my, this person, not my family, no, my, my Nissan, but granted they were really really young so that was the natural reaction of course doesn't mean nobody wanted to put them in a little headlock or anything it's just it was not the best of feeling to really think about as I was assisted getting up the hill this 50 foot hill I hear two emergency workers in conversation. And the first thing they say is. This is the third car. Can you believe that these individuals actually made it through? I can't believe anybody survived that. My natural reaction was. I can't believe I survived that either. To make that phone call to my mom's. Boochie. That was not the easiest of calls. But to let her know, and when I call, and it's something serious, I don't typically sound like I'm super frantic or anything like that. I actually sound pretty calm and everything along those lines. So when I explain... We were in a wreck and went down a foot, 50 foot embankment. The reaction I got was, what? What do you mean? And I said, exactly that. We went down a foot, 50 foot embankment. Oh my, is everybody okay? Uh, we all living. And I asked, if, can you go pick up? My wonderful, loving editor from work because I can't reach her and she needs to know that <laughs> we're not going to be able to pick her up. We're about to be on our way to the hospital. We go to the hospital. Now, they buckle the little one. Up in the neck brace and everything. Put him in the back. With the other individual. And. They put me. Up there. With the driver. Now. I'm limping. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm limping. That bad. I'm hurting. But. Even though I'm limping. I'm in the ambulance. 
we go to the hospital. They take them instantly to a room. And they take me and have me back out in the waiting room. When my mother, my sister, and my wonderful loving editor, when they all get on their way down to where we were, they see them pulling the car out. And the car looked destroyed. It looked past horrible. It looked destroyed. And in the process, they get to the hospital. They see me in the waiting room. They're asking what's going on. And I still didn't get seen for another 15 minutes after that. Now, I was already in the waiting room for at least... 30 minutes to an hour. Easy. Where they they said they didn't have a room for me to be checked or anything else. They figured I didn't have much wrong with me or anything. So that's what they did. In the process, it just, you know, I just dealt with it. The stress was so much on me that anytime I ride with anybody when I ride with anybody I just allow myself to try to zone out but anytime I hit any of those lines when I'm in the vehicle it triggers me every single time so again I know how it feels to deal with PTSD it's a day at a time thing to deal with. I recommend whoever deals with PTSD get some form of counseling. Some form of basically get somebody to talk to because that, that will go a long way. Mental health is definitely a plus that will help with that. Just saying, you really want to get that done. Because in many ways, I wish I would have dealt with it that way. But I'm not one of those individuals who will sit here and say, no, I don't want to deal with something. I, w I wish I would have. But anytime I've ever gotten to really talk to anybody, they never actually sat and listened. So it just, I had to deal with it. It sucks. But mental health people, please go get that. If you're dealing with PTSD or anything along those lines, because it does go a long way to help healing. And we will get into the third topic right after this break. What's going on, my ones? This is Reese One for my mind of legally blind eccentric. And I want y'all to know this off the top. I'm doing this on my own volition. I wanted to tell you guys about a local restaurant in the Tri-County area of South Carolina. The name of this restaurant, Jersey's Giant Subs. They have some delicious, delectable, enjoyable subs that you can basically get yourself definitely into. 
We talking about varieties all the way from ham and cheese, turkey and cheese, chicken and cheese, tuna, Philly cheese. You got some pepperoni, salami, and other variety of meats. You can even combo the meats. On top of that, you can even Jersey style that thing, the thing, 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 my people. I'm telling you, these are beyond off the chain. You can get yourself some soups and some salads. They also got pickles and chips too, with drinks as well. And I ain't talking about just getting yourself a little average little size sub. You can go all the way up to 16 inches, people. 16! Now that's what you call giant. These subs are definitely beyond above. So, I'm going to just say like this. Go get yourself Jersey's Giant Subs at 1137A Highway 9 Bypass West in Lancaster, South Carolina 29720 because Jersey's Giant Subs you'll never want to forget about it. Here we go. Welcome to Different Strokes of Different Folks, where we will be discussing at least one topic on who knows what, and then we both are going to go crazy. She is so much a nerd. Ham, people, ham. So we're going to be doing it. <laughs> at least every other week and we want you guys to join us unlike our third member who still hasn't shown up triple R. but we want you to join us and enjoy the good times with us at different strokes of different folks woohoo all right so I'm going to go ahead and get into this third topic like this. It's a controversial one, y'all. And it's a requested topic. When it comes to family, how should one deal with making that decision of getting DSS involved? Now, this topic comes from a pretty awesome listener by the name of Bambi. And I was going to do a full out topic on it. Just a whole episode, but I feel like I can actually do it here on this one. So here's the thing. When it comes to family and DSS, It may be a very difficult decision to make. It may be a difficult process to go through psychologically. But ultimately, you should never think yourself to be a bad individual when it comes to doing what you feel is best for a child. 
if you feel that a child is in a toxic environment or in a situation that they do not need to be involved in, if you feel that the parents of that child is not doing what needs to be done for that child, if they're looking at their own interest or a whole family would prefer to just deal with it within the family. That's not always the best way to handle that situation. Because here's the thing. That doesn't mean it will stop the situation from happening again or that it won't make matters worse on an individual. That just means it could actually pile up some stuff on an individual. Don't get me wrong. DSS is not the end all be all to be able to help resolve anything for people or children. It is one of those elements that can help. But unfortunately, because of what the system does to so many individuals out there, what ends up occurring is they become the worst scenario case scenario. But if you had every good intention to do well for that child, that something may be happening to that you want to get that child out of a situation that pretty much involves them being harmed, abused, or anything else. You are not a bad individual because of you looking out for that child's safety, well-being. It's hard to deal with seeing what may have occurred. But when one of the parents even state that something has occurred and they supposedly handled the situation, but yet they still have that toxic individual within the picture, then they didn't handle anything. They only making matters that much worse because they're not looking at what other damages are being done to that little one. So being the individual to either make that call or make that decision. It may feel to be a hard decision to make for you or for that individual in general. But. You can't care about what everybody else is going to think about you. You should only care about what is going to affect that child. How is going to affect that child? Where is going to put that child? What type of headspace is going to basically put that child in when growing up? Because it does so much irreversible damage that basically whatever comes when they grow up, they may have built all kinds of situations. They may deal with PTSD themselves. They may deal with irreversible health ailments or anything else that basically was caused and brought on by what happened to them within that time they were children. They need somebody to be that voice for them. So what I'm going to say to you, Bambi, is this. 
if it came to family or that child, you have to do what you got to do when it comes to that child. You, If you really do love and care for that child like you say and you feel, you, then you have to do what you feel in your heart is right. Now, if it goes through by proxy through another individual that you know, so it won't be tied directly to you, however you choose to do it. But if you feel that's the best course for that child, then take that route because no child should be harmed in that type of way. If the parents won't get rid of the detrimental element that is harming that child, then you have to be that voice of reason. You're not doing anything wrong. And if the family wants to play cover up, then basically they all have the wrong mindset in the first place. And they all need to be shame, shame. Because plain and simple, they're doing irreversible and irreparable damage to that little one as well. There are things that cannot be reversed. There are things that can't be changed. It is difficult to deal with as it is. So the decisions you make for that little one is difficult, but to involve DSS, CPS, any form of child protection services of whatever you have to do when it comes to protecting a child. You got to do what you feel the parents won't do. If they choose not to do it themselves, if they are more of a hindrance and basically can cause more damage to that child, then you have to be that factor for them. You have to be that voice of reason for them. It may put you on the outs with your family, but again, I always say it like this. Family is what you make it, first of all. Secondly, would you really want family that only wants to cover up for those who do the harmful activities and pretty much allow it to continue to happen? Because then if you want to be a part of that, then you become a part of the problem. And I'm a firm believer, Bambi, you're nowhere near that type of individual. You're a sweetheart. You're a sweetheart, I say. A sweetheart. So do I think choosing the child over family by making that call to DSS, I think that's something that has to be done for that child's safety, for that child's well-being, and for that child to basically have a fair chance. Yeah, it's time for that. You know what? <laughs> that food for thought. Come on. Y'all, that food for 
So, think about this. Epilepsy, PTSD, and that controversial topic when it comes to family situations, dealing with the SS. There are always situations that's going to be hard to deal with. There are always elements of that situation that's going to be hard to deal with. There are always difficult decisions that got to be made when it comes to these things. Whether you are a parent to someone who has epilepsy or friends or anything else who have epilepsy. Get your knowledge up. Educate yourself. Get yourself to a point to where you can be a helping factor. To where you know how to handle what may come during that emergency. Be that helping element. When it comes to PTSD, get that helping element. Go get some counseling. Go get some therapy. Go get something to help get yourself over that hump because it is so difficult to deal with by yourself. And the truth is, yes, you may never get over that traumatic experience, but it can make it at least dealable on a daily basis. It can make it just a little bit easier to deal with every day. And when it comes to family situations, when it comes to DSS, especially, you have to make that decision when it comes to looking at being that protector if the parent chooses not to be. You have to be making these decisions to become a helping element when it comes to one's health, to get that helping element when it comes to mental health, and to become that helping element to getting that saving grace for the one who can't speak for themselves. You have to be that particular individual. Even if you can't be it, even if it's hard to deal with, even if it's not the most ideal position to be in, be a factor. Be something that will basically make it happen. Because the thing is, if you don't, you really may miss out and lose everything. If you don't know how to get that knowledge up, you don't know what to do. If you panic, even just a few moments can be drastic. If you don't gain and get that help when it comes to your mental health, it 
eats away at you. It tears you down. It affects you in so many ways that pretty much you never really get over that hump. I know that. And when it comes to either having to make a choice between family or saving a little one. If your family ain't the one to do what's right for that child, you have to be that saving grace for them. You have to be. Because the thing is, you don't know how that negative effect is going to really do. It can cause them to basically deal with PTSD at some point in their life. It's a probability that they will. Not just a possibility, but it's a probability. You don't know what type of irreparable damage it does to them psychologically or if it may even cause some other effects, disorders, or anything else to come along. Sometimes a traumatic situation can cause seizures. It happens way more often than people know. So, understand, with all three, be that helping hand. Be that one that put that knowledge in yourself. Be that one to get yourself some help. Be the one to do what you got to for someone else. That's what has to be done. That's what you need to think about. All right, my ones, we done made it through another exploration of mine of Illegally Blind and Centric. If you want to be able to leave any comments, you can hit me up on any of the alphabets of social media with that backslash Simply Reads 1. I want to thank Anchor for being the easiest podcast maker, creator, producer, and distributor, making you a little bit of dough in the U.S. and getting you heard on Google, Apple, Spotify, and so many other wonderful platforms. Go get anchor.fm or grab that anchor app to get started i want to thank you guys for rolling with me and mind of illegally blind eccentric because without you guys there would be no us so i want you to enjoy today tomorrow and every day so if you don't know what's up now that's what's up and i'll holler at you guys next week